And now, a public service announcement from Parlay Radio. I don't really have anything to to introduce this, but I do want to make mention that we've teased an episode of Trapped that by the time you hear this will either be the following episode or the day of the episode airing. And we're basically trolling the band. That's the nicest way to put it. For us, it's lighthearted. At the same time, we do want to cover the serious nature and severity that the lead singer is accused of, as well as some of the actions that he's taken over the course of the past like 10 or 15 years. He's not a good dude. We all know that. We all acknowledge that. Whenever the episode airs, you'll hear that and you'll understand why, which is why the episode is two parts. But one of the things that people tend to do whenever they troll a man, sometimes it's you know just funny little comments like, Oh boy, I can't wait to see the crowd of 20 people that are going to be there instead of the self-proclaimed seven or 800 that show up at the venue. That's fine. Troll the band. Don't be aggressive or anything about it because when it comes to aggression, that's something that we have to discuss really quick. Saying that, there have been people that have been issuing death threats against promoters that are booking trapped. That's pointless. If you have an issue with a band that's playing at a venue, your best course of action, you can contact the promoter or the venue and say, hey, this guy's bad news. I don't think it'd be good publicity for you. That's totally fine. You are making the venue aware. You're making the promoter aware. Hey, this guy's a bad dude. Whenever you threaten violence against another human being, not only are you making yourself look like an idiot, but you are literally committing a crime. So we're not encouraging that by any means. Troll, sure. Troll away. Have fun. Troll. But don't be a dumbass and actually threaten violence against people. That's that's wrong. I can't believe we actually have to say this. It's dumb. Just don't be a that's yeah. it. You know, you can you can boycott anything that you want. You can boycott the shows, you can boycott that venue from this point on. That's perfectly fine. Just you know, just don't threaten harm to anybody don't be a that's it simplest explanation there there doesn't need to be any more said i'm i'm sad that i have to say anything at all i do want people to listen to our episode and be informed about what has happened and occurred with the singer about the actions that he's taken about you know the weird egotistical stance he has on social media whenever people basically point out the facts to him um, about his own shows and music and whatnot but there's no reason to threaten violence against people who are literally just doing their job and maybe don't have any clue into the social media stances of the band from a promoter's standpoint that I also have because I did it for some time. We don't pay attention to that. That's not anything that really comes to mind. We're literally looking, okay, how much can they draw? What is their guarantee? Is it good enough to afford? Have they drawn a crowd before? If all of that's there, it's like, cool, we'll book them. Later on, if somebody brings it to our attention that, hey, this guy is, for example, like a, a white nationalist or, or a fascist supporter or something like that, then yeah, that's the time when we go, okay, let's reevaluate and cancel the show and tell them they need to move on and go somewhere else. 
but that's just simply bringing it to the attention of the promoter, not threatening violence. So for anybody out there that you hear that is doing such, or if you are a person doing such, number one, stop it. Number two, stop them. There's no point. So this is your special public service announcement from the boys at Parlay Radio. Don't be a the more you know. I wish this was video so we could have the little rainbow, you know? Do, do, do. <laughs> the more you know. I don't like the click track. I just don't. I just don't. It just pierces my ears. That's all. It's a metronome. The metronome gives me good is headaches. That, I thought that was a character in DC Comics. I was going to say, is that is that a, a D&D race or something? <laughs> what the f*** is a metronome? <laughs> I know there's a metropolitan. I definitely uh, f- f- up. Though. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I am going to leave this as the intro. All right. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> no, no. I, I, well, no. All right. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I do. Well, okay. All right. I'll start with a goofy shit, just so we can have something and try to elaborate a little bit. So that way it, just we're not anything. just like, so that way, whenever John comes back, we're not like, yeah, we had a way better time with Mike than we did with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a clap so you have something to line up to. I mean, we have we have progressively every week gotten more and more. And oh, no, no, we're getting rid of you, John. We're replacing you, we're replacing you. So this is oh, the is perfect it? episode to be like, yep, no, we replaced John. Has that been the inside joke for a while? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm running with it. Uh, give me his full name so I can add him on Facebook and be like, sorry, bud. <laughs> uh, his wife would be furious with me. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'll text Holy his wife, God. too. Oh, God. <laughs> just be like, the, the boys just wanted you to know. <laughs> it's no hard feelings. Uh, Nicole, if you're listening to this, I am so sorry. <laughs> in advance, I hope you enjoyed your honeymoon and had a great time in Greece. Uh, we understand Opa. if you left John there. We really understand <laughs> if you left him there. We hope you left him there. He, I hope John hopes you left him there. Greece sounds fantastic. I don't want to come back here. I could understand wanting to sit and look at that view. I saw some photos. I know what you guys are up to. Looking at water. Water. Well, Jay drinks a bottle of water. See, that's called envy. That's what that is. It's called a hydra, homie. All right. Yeah, I'm scrapping my goofy intro. All right, gentlemen, let's parlay. 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 That's the one. Parlay. Parlay. Great day. Welcome to Parlay Radio, the podcast where we break down the artists by the numbers and facts to tell you whether or not the ones that are highly criticized actually suck. Introductions all around, starting with you, Jay. Jay Bain and hail to the king. I'm going to introduce myself as Devin Hughes, and I am surrounded in bat country. But we have a very special guest today. Mike Greenwell is the bassist and vocalist for Jacksonville-based metal band, The Infinity Cinema. You can also catch him on the Metal Gamers podcast. You can join them weekly as they discuss all things metal and all things gaming, sometimes overlapping the two. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Mike Greenwell! Thank you for having me. I like that you literally read my podcast description from Spotify. (laughs) 
Oh, I just, I actually wrote that, but okay. <laughs> oh, shit, it's the same. <laughs> God, you guys are simple-minded. I was just, ugh. <laughs> Incredibly, the podcast is terrible. <laughs> Don't talk about your own podcast on here, homie. You're trying to I'll, plug your stuff. I'll plug it. It's still bad. <laughs> actually, for a very long time, uh, we had this tagline of don't listen to the metal gamers podcast and it was the best advertisement we ever did that was when we got gained the most viewers ever that's we the had, don't don't touch the button concept you oh, got to touch the button <laughs> <laughs> you know i've always actually wanted to set up a sign somewhere in like a very populated touristy area like uh downtown st augustine or something with a camera that says don't read this sign just to see how people would react because the natural human instinct whenever they don't understand anything is to get immediately furious so i <laughs> <laughs> i just i want to see those reactions so some people might get it you know like don't read this t-shirt some people might go ah oh, okay okay and then carry on with their life not think anything of it and other people are like what the hell is wrong with you why would you, you put up a, a bitch. sign like this i already read the sign that's the point <laughs> of the sign what do you mean don't read the sign the i uh, it's I, I still want to do it i think we need to do it we'll just start it with the youtube channel right jay yep. okay Shit on tiktok you'll be famous in no time i know god people get famous for nothing on there and it's terrible or they get one good video of one thing and then they use that as their concept throughout their entire channel like there's a guy that's on there that every time he is doing a video he does it in the voice of eric cartman i mean he's good like he's he's sure. very very good but i mean that's all he does and i don't want to slam the guy by any means because if that's your your um your gimmick then go for it but at the same time it's like you you could expand on that you could do something a little bit different try to do kenny yeah i'm gonna <laughs> slam him that guy sucks <laughs> You know, and a quick game. aside, I, uh, TikTok also does bring good things. There's this dude who does like uh, local food reviews in uh, Vegas, in the area that he lives in, and he's helped a lot of failing businesses out recently. I Keith Lee. Yeah, there you go. You know the guy. Yep. Yeah, he's fantastic. Absolutely love that guy. Yep. At the time of recording this run, I think like day five after he plugged a pizza place in Vegas yep. that was struggling, yep. and now he's taking around the corner. Yeah. I mean, Wait, they, they literally went from no customers to lines out the door, and he was on the news. The uh, owner was featured on the news, says he's taken more orders for garlic rolls or garlic knots in one day than he has in four months. Now, this is the same Keith Lee I'm thinking of, right? No, not not wrestling okay. Keith Lee. I was about no, to no, say. No. Oh, this is awesome. just some uh, young African-American guy from Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Just really good personality, positive guy, awesome, fantastic stuff. But that's not what this podcast is about, is it? It's about being negative. That's what yeah. this podcast yeah. is about. Oh, wait. Yeah. That's just <laughs> That's me. what I'm here for, except for I'm actually, you've got, I chose this. You guys let me choose from your list, and I chose this because I'm actually a huge Avengers Sevenfold fan. I'm very critical of some things they've done in recent history, but I'd like to, to play both sides today. It is something where whenever we do have a guest that chooses a band, which you are number two, they either have a bias in one way or another. Now, we've never had one that sits right in the middle, so this will be a little bit more interesting with you. I play my arguments like I play my politics right in the center. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually agree a lot with what you're saying with that. I, I have grew up listening to Avenged Sevenfold, love them, yeah. seen them live. I'm kind of in the middle with a lot of stuff that's happened lately. So I, I'm excited to see how this episode goes. And I'm an encyclopedic knowledge of their history. Uh, so I, I can chime in with whatever you need. <laughs> oh, then we're going to get corrected every five seconds. Yeah, you are. Oops, <laughs> Go ahead and mark that. 
So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just make a brief mention for anybody who is wondering why you don't hear John's voice. Well, he was fired. I'm kidding. He's not Hi, fired. John. He uh, John is off this week. He's actually out on his honeymoon right now. So we wish him and Nicole a happy belated honeymoon. Um, enjoy your time. We will see you in the next recording. So whenever you come back stateside, uh, we will berate you belligerently as to why you weren't here this week. So and then fire you. Yes. As we do every week after each recording, you're always fired. And then we always rehire him about 25 minutes later. Yep. Sometimes 30. Without further ado, though. Avenged Sevenfold is an American rock and heavy metal band formed in 1999. The current lineup consists of singer Matt Shadows, guitarist Zaki Vengeance, and Sinister Gates, bassist Johnny Christ, and drummer Brooks Wackerman. They are ranked at number 47 in Loudwire's top 50 metal bands of all time. Weird, because thinking of how many metal bands are actually out and about, and they're still in the top 50. I mean, I get it with popularity, but still, like, I'm pretty sure we can name quite a few that would outrank them, but I don't know. Mike, your perspective. I wouldn't probably put them in the, like, top... I'd probably put them closer. I would put them in the top 50, like top metal bands of all time. Incredibly popular. Uh, some, they, they put out some albums that were very influential for a lot of people, spanning several genres over their discography. So I honestly believe that, yeah, they could be in top 50, but I definitely know some metal bands that are better than them. That top 50 metal list probably doesn't include a lot of genres that I listen to though. <laughs> I would agree with that 100%. I mean, honestly, thinking of bands that maybe have come out within the past like 10 years or so, or at least gotten a bit more popular within the past 10 years, that would fit into the, uh, probably need to re-rank that after a little bit given time. For I mean, sure. The, the, the thing is though, when you've got 50 metal bands, I mean, think about how many different genres are under the metal like umbrella. Too many. From it's it's hair a hair metal to, you know, speed metal, thrash metal. Um, you've got hardcore metal, you've got, every different kind of thing even new, new metal is under that like you could post you could, hardcore hardcore limp biscuit could be in that that list uh, uh, hey 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 uh, i should have chosen limp biscuit uh, <laughs> i could have been real negative on that episode uh -uh. no you know what we're firing mike too <laughs> if you know what I'm good. <laughs> I gotta get away from the Limp Biscuit lovers. Look, as I sit here with all no, of fine. my Jaguar stuff, I am straight up Duval this week. Yeah. And I've already said it before. When you're born in Jacksonville, they give you a Limp Biscuit album at birth when you leave the hospital. That's hey man. how it is, man. You gotta love them. Some of those Limp Biscuit songs go hard, but some of them are really, really bad. There's some really bad music in that just dog Hot dog. Yeah. All I have to say is hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> How many times did they drop the F-bomb in that? Like 47 times? It was ridiculous. It was, a, it was at least 48 because he says 48 in this up rhyme. So. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. The only thing that I think was like comparable to that was, uh, was it Gucci Gang? That actually uh, says the word Gucci Gang 58 times throughout a uh, minute and a half. That literally could be the entire lyrics of the song. Can, can we do that that group once? Or what, we need to do is. a new metal cover of Gucci Gang. That's what we need okay. to do. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Talk to I'll your guys it. in the band. Like, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> I record and write music myself. <laughs> That's true. You do play just about everything. But I do. I play just about everything, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to show up one day to the studio and just hand you a saxophone and go, here. 
at it. I cannot do woodwinds. I did <sighs> recently find out. I tried to learn how to play saxophone for a specific song of ours and ended up using a MIDI instrument instead because I couldn't figure it out. Now, you can't play the regular saxophone. Can you play the Jack Black toy saxophone? No. Uh, literally a child can do that, yes. <laughs> it is a ch- children's toy. Uh, <laughs> You've Jack never Black. seen Jack Black whale on that thing. I absolutely have. I've seen the uh, the Jimmy Fallon thing. Uh, yeah. You know, as everybody else in the world absolutely has seen that. Uh, Jack Black is an incredibly amazing man, and that is not impressive. It is a child's toy. <laughs> <laughs> Way to out him, man. God. <laughs> <laughs> could just play along or something generally i do <laughs> mike you're the yin to my yang at this point i don't know <laughs> generally like whenever we bring somebody on we always want to do just like a little bit of an interview or something i it's up to you if you want me to ask questions i really do want you to speak a little bit on your band as well as the podcast so if you kind of want to give us like a little bit of rundown of both plug your stuff let the people know what you got if you have any questions, you can go ahead and ask them. That's fine. Okay, I don't. I don't have any questions. That's why I said normally. Why the hell do you say it? Then? Because I want you to plug your stuff. <laughs> All right, I will talk about it. I am the uh, bassist, uh, one of the songwriters, as well as one of the vocalists for the Infinity Cinema. I do mostly the screaming vocals more so than the singing. There are some singing elements that I do, not so much. We are a progressive metal band outside of uh, the, from Jacksonville, uh, amalgamation of several bands we've had in the past that were not very successful. In a very short amount of time, we've garnered far more success in this band that we have with any other project that's lasted years which has been great um we write a lot of conceptual music we have two eps out right now uh act one the ever persistent itch and act two uh ascend the astral clock tower and is a story about a writer it's like it's a, a kind of hp lovecraft jujito inspired uh story about a writer who um is kind of a little bit schizophrenic a little demented Uh, And he realizes he has a power very much like Alan Wake that he can write things into existence. The stories he's writing become true and he hates the world and keeps seeing these terrible things that he doesn't like. Gets a glimpse into the horrors of like other realms and uh, can't handle it and wants to end the world and himself. And that is what the third act of that uh, whole thing is going to be. Uh, There's only six songs out. They're all on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Amazon, anything like that. Uh, All of that stuff is out there. It's a very dark and interesting story that uh, my friend Kyle uh, is the main head writer of. And it's we have two music videos out that are on YouTube, one for the Ever Persistent Itch and one for another song called um, Drown the Village in Crimson, which uh, Jay said that he had listened to earlier. Awesome. Any of the listeners out there who haven't heard it, Drown the Village in Crimson is like such a badass song. I mean, really, any metal fan that is listening to this, go pause our episode, <laughs> go listen to their entire catalog that they have available for streaming right now then come back and you will understand when i say that they're 100 percent pure badass these guys are amazing check them out absolutely i appreciate the kind words it's a it is a labor of love and something that uh we're we're completely diy uh i mix and master all of our music we record and write everything ourselves our music videos are not uh diy they are actually produced and uh filmed by a man named matthew maniac who is another jacksonville uh, up-and-comer who's done a lot of work on things uh i think he's filmed some stuff for amazon projects as well as uh the other like mid-tier like uh movie projects and stuff 
fantastic guy. If you're looking for a dude, good dude to do your music video or commercial or anything, Matthew Maniac, uh, you'll find him pretty easily if you Google that. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I, that's really what I wanted you to discuss. And also the fact that you're appearing on behalf of the Metal Gamers podcast. Yeah, that the is- Metal Gamers the Metal Gamers podcast is actually the entire band plus one more dude <laughs> so it's uh both go hand in hand the Metal Gamers podcast is uh, is so on the nose and we've actually cornered ourselves in such a weird way that we had to explain to people like it's not as much metal as you think it's more of like a gaming podcast than anything I'm just upset it, because you guys asked a question on Facebook and no one acknowledged my answer which was uh, what was your favorite game of 2020 and I said Kirby and I was actually being serious <laughs> you guys are like Elden Ring Elden Ring fuck you guys alright seriously okay, okay Kirby Dreamland still good it? it was fantastic it was Elden, Elden Ring though man come on I know I oh, know dude, it's a good dude. game I know it's an amazing so game best good. game of the year but dude I'm an old school Kirby fan you gotta give first me at least off, a little bit of credit both, first off you're both wrong Stray I hate cats and I loved that game what an extremely mid game that was pretty okay. And it was pretty good. I turned it off. Too. It was good. It was I turned it off. I got I got five minutes into it when oh. the cat finally fell. I got too what much heartstrings for cats, man. What a waste of seventy fucking dollars. Sorry, I just cussed again. <laughs> I'm getting a There's already like this. five of them that I know I'm gonna have to censor. So this is already. I'm great. so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you told me like before. Hey, don't don't drop that box. It's fine. <laughs> he did it. He did it too. I'm I'm literally. I learned it from Jay. <laughs> I'm leading the pack with the most bleeps at this point. I'm yeah, with Guns N' Roses episode, I think I there is gonna be at least like. 15 or 16 with his rank. Yes, I'm keeping but, the lead. But Stray, Stray was a good game, but it is definitely not even close to game of the year. Don't even. Not, uh, it's definitely not worth 70 bucks, but I had the definitely PlayStation Premium, bucks. so I, I got it for free. Oh, that's fair. Well, yeah. free, you pay $25 a month for it. I get a lot of other stuff. Too, so. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I paid the annual price. I only paid 116 yep. for the year. Pretty good. I'm good. One of the best. Uh, dude, if you got that in Xbox Game Pass on a PC, you had the best deal in gaming right there, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. You don't have to buy a single game for the year. But the question wasn't what was the best game of the year, it was what was your favorite game of the year? That's why I said Kirby. That's true. No, no, I, I, I was, I'm not disagreeing at all. Kirby was Dude, fantastic, and it was a, a lot pink of people. Cloud that eats things, absorbs their powers, and then you just move along and destroy everything else. What can be better than that? There's You're the no king for the game, you know? You know what I'm talking about. There's Somebody no such thing as a bad Kirby game, though. So. I disagree that, with that. There are a couple. But name yeah, one? Uh, name Kirby Pinball. Oh, you got me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I started with uh, Kirby's it Dream Land. I started with Kirby's Dream Land. That's I didn't like, play Kirby's Adventure until like that, years after it came out. That's like saying Kirby's Dr. Dream Land Mario. for Game Boy. I had that and Pinball and Kirby's Dream Land 2, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kirby Pinball, I had it and it used to just piss me off all that's the time. Like saying, but that's like talk- saying Dr. Mario is the worst Mario game. It is. No, it's not. not But it's not a Mario game. It's just it's it's a game that just has a nice little like facade around it. That's it. But we can talk about games in another day while you guys are on my podcast, hopefully in the future as well. Hey, I would absolutely love crossover episodes. I love it. We'll take it right now. We're not talking about games, are we? No, no, I guess not. 
talk about this. I guess we'll do our own concept because Mike was so enthusiastic about hopping on. Damn you and your joy and support of us. I, I you know, I, you uh, you reached out to me and we hadn't spoke. We I used did. to work together a long time ago and you reached out to me and we spoke about it. I listened to it immediately and was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> I, I really enjoy y'all's podcast. It's fantastic. And I love the, uh, I love the concept behind like tearing apart bands that people are that that bands are just like super duper popular but probably don't deserve to be because their music is dog awful i thought nickelback is hilarious because there's there's two sides to that it's like they're not the worst band in the world but holy crap how why are they so popular (laughs) i mean it really is the kind of it is the concept of basically like look these bands have all sold over a million albums and sometimes it's noted that they should like they're clearly popular they clearly have their own thing going they have a great sound to them and there are other times deserve those cells yeah yeah i mean there are other times where it's like why the hell were you in the top 10 i don't understand like you hit the (laughs) billboard charts for 16 weeks with a number one single that doesn't make any sense to me i'm sorry right carry what (laughs) she's not that bad he's not gonna let that go until we actually record die on this hill yeah i hate that the all i want for christmas is you i'm so sick of it i again i know you've only listened to a couple of the episodes just wait till you hit the christmas one then you'll understand Mm -hmm. what i mean whenever i said that was my favorite piece of editing i really want to get to that because like you know i mean we both used to work at a uh, at the same resort and during christmas they would play the same christmas songs that you hear in malls man and all i want for christmas is you Mm -hmm. would come on about 17 Mm -hmm. times a day did you work there too jay no, no, but I oh, worked okay. in a mall and I had to listen Close to enough. it. In a kiosk. <laughs> he also worked in radio. Yep. And I worked in radio too. Shoot me in the face. I hate that song. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you'll if you listen to the episode, you'll see why I hate it. There's I, I give the story behind it. August Burns Red and Bro Job both did very good covers of it though. <laughs> I love covers. I I'll check it Brian out. Carey. I uh yeah, so as Mike said, I actually reached out to him about coming on here. Mike and I did used to work together for a long time. Uh, every time I ran into this guy, all we would do is talk about music, yeah. like 99% of the time. And he always had pretty good expression, and we would always get each other to crack up, and it was always a good conversation. So oh, when yeah. I saw the Infinity Cinema, because I actually, I think I pulled you up on social media, and I was like, I, I already had you on there, but I was like, I wonder how Mike's doing, because I just thought about you. Oh, and I, I was like, oh, he's got a new man. Let me check him out. Holy <laughs> they're great (laughs) so i remember i i listened to the ever persistent itch and i sent it out to like every close metalhead friend that i had and i'm like listen to this right now (laughs) like you have to hear this i i I appreciate the uh the 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 sling out there (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean like so this was something that i i definitely wanted to have you on whenever the concept of this show was coming to my mind you were one of the first people I wanted to have because I knew you had a band at that time and so I was really glad to know that you had a music project that I could put on here or even a podcast that we could put on here too to plug your stuff and I'm really glad you could join us today so thank you again for doing that and we will go ahead Jay you got the numbers this week my friend all right so according to bestsellingalbums.org Avenged Sevenfold has sold over 5,913,000 albums, including 5 million in the United States and 460,000 in the United Kingdom. Their highest selling album is City of Evil, released in 2005, at time selling 1.2 million records. 
with Avenged Sevenfold as their second with 1.19 million records, and then Nightmare with 1.19 million records as well. Looking through a lot of their numbers, it looks almost like every album that they've had has sold right at a million or just over a million albums, except for the most recent one, The Stage. Um, I haven't been able to find any definitive numbers. It looks like they had first week sales of about 76,000 units. And then the last numbers I've been able to see is about 170,000. So I don't know if maybe they might have just realized the album didn't sell that well and then kind of hit it or if it's just hidden in the internet, never know. It's probably more of a hidden in the internet thing. So album sales are hard to go off of for recent releases because not a lot of people buy albums in the age of streaming. So I could see uh, how uh, that, like that from that point of view, it would look like they're not doing very well. But their streaming numbers, even just on Spotify, show that a lot of the songs on on the stage do still do very well. 54 million streams, 37 million streams, 32 million streams, millions of streams on every single song. So they are still doing very, very well. Not Hail to the King numbers, good God. For some reason, <laughs> that album, their worst album, did the best. Because, uh, uh, well, we'll get to that once we get through the history of it. But, like... Um, if you were trying to compare Hill to King with their like the the album that comes in right after, which is a far more interesting and progressive album, mm-hmm. it is sad to see that that one did worse. Well, I think also at that point, album sales kind of petered out. You don't get near as many. I mean, 2016 was when the stage was released, and I mean everything's gone to streaming. Everybody has their musical stream of choice, and you know record sales really. We've we've discussed it before on this on the show. They don't really show a lot nowadays no not at all that's and that's why i bring that up is like uh yeah. it's 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 hard to go off of for that for their for the most recent album because now we are in the age of when was the last time you bought an album that wasn't a vinyl you know what i mean like when's the last time you went and bought a cd yeah yeah i haven't bought <laughs> one in years i don't, I don't, I don't know player anymore and i don't yeah. know if vinyls count into those because there's more collector's items than they are albums you know but I do have streaming numbers though. So for their yeah. top three songs on Spotify, Hail to the King. Actually, you know what? We'll go to Afterlife first. So their number three highest <laughs> stream song, Afterlife has 180 million streams. Nightmare with 273 million. And then Hail to the King with 430. 30 million streams which is insane for by far, any metal act by far their best performing song they've ever released and it's one of their most boring songs they ever it released really <laughs> is i you know and we'll get to this later on we went through lyrics and stuff i had hail to the king and i'm like this song is so lame compared it's to nothing fine. compared to it's any of the other stuff it's yeah. it's good it's it is an a, adequate it, song yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll discuss that later though. it sure is a song it's one of these songs of all time it exists it, it sure exists does. it is a song there are instruments at some point i can't remember do y'all go through like uh the the band's albums as like through like the timeline and then talk about each one no like we we no, tend not, not really. to do that with numbers we we really look at uh stream and sales we look at accolades and um i think there was another part to that i'm missing something sometimes continue sorry. stuff like that <laughs> yeah which actually speaking of billboard so 
Looking at Billboard 100, they've got nothing that's actually ranked up in that. But Billboard 200, they have two number one hits and five top 10 hits. With Nightmare and Hail of the King being their two number one hits, both spending one week as number one for top album sales. Uh, with awards, they've got a handful of awards for smaller stuff like Kerrang! and um, a couple of different music awards here and there for any kind of music publishers. The, the three that I kind of want to bring up is in 2006, they won an MTV Music Awards for Best New Artist. Hey. It's still uh, kind of relevant at that point, so that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah. weren't even new then. They've been around for like six years. That was that was off yeah. of City of Evil, too. So I remember that, seeing yeah, them on Warped yeah, That was the third album at that point. City of Evil is when they blew up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also in 2006, I actually really like this award because I am a huge Pantera fan. Sinister Gates, the guitarist for City of Evil, won the Dimebag Daryl Young Shredder Award. Woo! Awesome. A shredder he is. That's that sure. is, Yes, that is awesome. Shredder after uh, the turtles. Yeah, uh, and then uh, shredder. And then the only Grammy that they've even sniffed at was in 2018 for the stage. They were nominated for best rock, rock song, and they lost. I'm sad by that because the stage was a fantastic song. Wait, you said 2018. Let me see I'm who they lost to. Because sometimes up. that's more interesting. I was one of the people that like when Hail to the King released. Being a longtime Avenged Sevenfold fan, I was I ate it up and was like, "Yeah, it's good." You know, they're trying something different. And I was like, then it sank in. I'm like, "Oh God, I hope they don't stick with this." And I'm so glad they didn't. Oh, so the crap. 2018 Grammy Award for Best Rock Song, of course, Foo went Fighters. to Foo Fighters for of course Run did. on Concrete of and Gold. It was good. <laughs> it's song. good. It's really good. The music video is uh, a nightmare in its own because mm-hmm. uh, you see uh, old lady boobs. And I mean, like, they did the makeup to make it way, way worse than it probably would be in reality. <laughs> you, you have to watch the music video. Just don't watch it with children around. You might scar them. You want to talk about music videos that you shouldn't watch with children around? Let's watch. Let's let's go into Till Lindemann's solo uh, career and watch his music videos. Have you ever seen those? No, can't say I have. Uh, it's literally porn of him, <laughs> chicks in hotel rooms. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Literal porn. Oh God, why is it that I might have actually heard of that, but I, it, it never? I don't know. It didn't register. Yeah, if you're a Rammstein fan at all, you know about Till Lindemann. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, there we go. That's why. Yep. There you go. <laughs> and then additionally, because John is absent this week, Jay and I decided that we were going to share the duty with lyrics with the two top songs. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let Jay oh, take no. over with his portion, and then I will add to mine. So, of course, I get the highest streaming song, the most popular song, one of the lamest songs by Avenged Sevenfold, Hail to the King. Hail to the King, Hail to the World. So this was the lead single off the Hail to the King album released in July 15th, 2013. Uh, It won the Loudwire Music Award in 2013 for the best rock song. 2013 must have been a really slow year for rock songs. (laughs) I definitely got to say, if you listen to the song itself, I didn't really go through the lyrics because it's 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 a story and I've got a quote later on for it. 
but the music itself there there's that driving guitar riff throughout the entire song it's got that really cool vibe to it but after about the first 30 seconds you realize okay this is all this song really has it definitely has a metallica sound like it it almost sounds like they were trying to channeled the black album from metallica whenever they wrote this song so, funny you say that because uh they actually did these breakdowns of their songs on their youtube channel during covid which was fantastic watches if anybody's a good fan of breaking down musicality and like track by track analysis and they did talk about how they were trying to emulate that era and give homage uh, homage however, homage whatever mm. however you say the word uh to those kinds of bands and such as they specifically mentioned metallica's black uh, 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 self-titled album. Well, and I mean, so it's they, funny you say that. And I mean, that was really when Metallica started doing the whole stadium rock thing too. And and that's what this song has. It's it's got this. It's a fun stadium rock feel. It's got those those drum beats that just make you you know want to just yell out and scream. But at the same time, like when it comes to actual depth of the song itself, you don't really get that as much in this one. No. Uh, and that's a, that's, that's a problem of that entire album, which yes. is so when which upsets the hell out of me because like they are a band with very intricate and interesting songs. Mostly. Yes. Not, a, not all of them. Um, that's for sure. And in fact, one of the best songs on that album is one that nobody ever talks about. This is a song called Coming Home, which is absolute, absolutely a like um, Iron Maiden like homage mm -hmm. kind of song. That song rips fantastic. I can't believe nobody talks about that song because hell and but everybody talks about Shepherd of Fire, Hell to the King and uh, This Means War, which are just such boring songs to me because they don't go places like it starts off and you're like, hell yeah, big rock and drums, two and four on the snare, you know, <laughs> like it, it's your classic. But God, is it boring? It just doesn't mm -hmm. go anywhere. I mean, it's it's good radio play and really Hail to the King. That whole album got them on radio. It got mm -hmm. them everywhere. And, you know, previous albums, they got a little bit of play here and there, but it was still a little too heavy to really get regular radio play. I mean, if you listen to radio now, Hail to the King plays at least five, six times a day, every day. God, that's upsetting. I, th I think a lot of the part of why this album was the way it was, was because right before this, uh, they or right before the album that they put out previously, That Nightmare, their drummer, Jimmy the Rev Sullivan, died uh, tragically to an overdose. And the next album they had had Mike Portnoy to replace him, one of the best drummers Look, of all you, time. You can't get any better than that. Yeah. You can't get any better than um, that. I mean, the Rev was an amazing drummer himself. Oh yeah, he was and, phenomenal. And what's what's very interesting is the the Rev uh, was very inspired by Mike Portnoy. So when Mike mm -hmm. Portnoy had to play the already like written drum parts for the Rev, it almost just sounded like the Rev playing, which was interesting. Other than like a couple of very specific Mike Portnoy things, like him using octobonds on his drum kit and stuff like that. Doo -doo 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 -doo, you know. Fantastic I mean, that was, stuff. That was one thing that got me into Avenged Sevenfold to begin with. Was you know listening to Waking the Fallen, and they had a lot of like punk rock drum beats really yep. and and the yeah. fills were amazing the rev him like he was one of the main reasons i started listening and i was like holy hell this band gets down just just from the drums itself and then when you start listening to everything else it had this perfect mixture yeah and i really do think when the hail to the king album came out 
I think they were still trying to find their their vibe, what they exactly, were going so. to do at that point. And so they the, maybe the, maybe they listened to the the record company a little too much. And and really, when you think about it too, the Rev did a lot of their writing as well. Yes, that's in the last exactly two or three albums. Yeah. Uh, so Nightmare was already written by the entire mm-hmm. band uh, and demoed out before he passed. Uh, so when Hail to the King came out, they changed drummers to the ex-confide drummer Aaron uh, Illa J. Illa J. Yeah, not he's a good drummer, but like uh, not the correct move at all. Um, and they, I don't think they knew what to do. So instead, they did this basically <laughs> rock contribute album. Like, mm-hmm. like they, I think they just wanted to do something to the roots and fun for them and it ended up being so popular for them and it kills me because it's it is simple music and that's probably why it's popular i i think this album not only got them on radio everywhere but it also i think it's put them on every major festival rock festival for the rest of time because they're on everything now they were already kind of getting there but yeah i think it did push it even further Mm -hmm. Because sure. now, because now they're they're headlining like um, Rockville. They're headlining that. They've headlined louder louder than life up in Louisville like two or three times. They're playing all of these big four or five day festivals that are huge hundred thousand people events. You have to remember that prior to this, they were only on Warp Tour. Yep. Like really, that's how I was introduced to them. Was in two thousand two. You think hear they the were Nightmare on Before Fest Christmas music once. coming out. They and they walk on stage. They're, they're, when they were getting big with Waking the Fallen, they were absolutely a war tour band, City mm-hmm. People, even a little bit. From their self-titled album on, they were starting to hit these much larger venues for a while, headlining tours and stuff like that. But yeah, they're doing stadiums these days because of Hail to the King, that's for sure. Yep. yep. So with Hail to the King, it was also the first song released by their new drummer, Aaron Illajay, who was only with them, I believe, for this album. Only this album. The song appears on the video game Rock Band 4, and it was also one of the official theme songs for WrestleMania 32. Uh, that's probably a big contributor, too. Big, yeah. two big games. Yeah, that makes sense. The main thing that I saw with this was the, 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 the everything behind the song. Uh, M. Shadows had an interview with Kerrang! where he basically said, quote, Hail of the King is a question about how society sees itself. From day one, people have elected kings and leaders, People have followed presidents and they cry over who the new Pope is. Sometimes you've got to step back and say, what are we doing here? Why do we need all these people to tell us how to run our lives? Looking at that quote, you know, I think it's one of those lame excuses for a lame song. I think sometimes people will write songs just to get a product out because they're being pressured. And it could be something where the lyrics have been written in 10 or 15 minutes. Yep, without maybe. any real major meaning to it. I could and say yes or no. They've had anti-political statements in a lot of their songs in the past. Critically acclaimed is a big song that it's oh, very, we will very, get to that. Trust yeah. me. Uh, MIA from City of Evil. They're very mm-hmm. anti-political in a lot of ways, you know, anti-war, you know. It's not surprising to hear that, uh, that the that's the going on for like what this album was i didn't get that vibe from it though i got crock like yeah <laughs> i got look how cool i am my fan my hair is blown in the wind while i rip this guitar so that's what i got from this album let's have everybody go hey 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 <laughs> Ooh. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I mean my comments based on it is like the, the the more simple songs that can be written by certain bands and certain acts certain groups 
those tend to be the most popular ones i mean if you look at sure. uh, not not metal but uh death cab for cutie mm. uh oh, yeah i'll follow you into the dark right that song was written in five minutes yeah three that chords. is literally their i think that's their most popular song if not at least like yeah. top three ben gibbert has gone on record saying that i was goofing around on a guitar and i just started writing out some lyrics and i thought this was something that seemed kind of funny at the time when i was writing it and uh i took it to the studio the next day and his former keyboardist slash co-writer for a lot of the music said that's really good we should put it on the album and they did it and ended up being one of their most successful hits simple does not mean bad no it, no in this you case, don't have to keep it the most complex thing in the world to make yeah. it a great song i mean we learned that with stone temple pilots whenever we covered them uh they wrote nothing but simple and a lot of it was very catchy sure the other song that we have referenced nightmare the stuff that i think about when i hear jay talk good things about limp biscuit um so nightmare nightmare <laughs> the concept my hero oh my god uh, pick anybody else in the bed oh god just go with wes just go with wes <laughs> don otto otto's cool my mom used to work to with Matthews his mom bridge my mom used to work with Otto's mom, uh, both at the college, so that was really cool. So Nightmare, the concept of it is written about a person who is damned due to their wrongdoings on Earth, uh, sung as a resident of hell. It is the first single released without the Rev as referenced before. Uh, again, who passed away December 28th, 2009 from a drug overdose. And also referenced, this is where your damn encyclopedic knowledge comes in because you already said half this stuff. Uh, Mark, yeah. <laughs> Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater was the uh, drummer for the song, so he finished up the tracks that the Rev had started. As far as the song itself, it ranked in the top 10 at numbers three and four of the best uh, Avenged Sevenfold songs by Louder Sound and Kerrang. This is also on the Rock Band 2 and Call of Duty Black Ops soundtracks, respectively. So that could also attune to why it got to be as popular as it was, because you are enticing the video game community yeah. for that. Well, they, they wrote like seven songs for Call of Duty alone and released it on its own mm. EP. So, You know, the one that weirded me out is that uh, the original Halo game, or Halo 2, I believe, Hooba Stank. Yeah, Hooba Stank has a song in it, and so does Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. Oh, God, that still weirds me out to this day. No, yeah, that song by Breaking Benjamin. Blow me away. That's fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll defend that to the end of the earth. So the album of the same name was actually the first of the band's career to top the Billboard 200. Uh, Matt Shadows got inspiration for the song on his wedding day. And he took a detour to the studio to record a demo. His wife was obviously not pleased, but has accepted it as the album hit number one. Although the Made song was... <laughs> that detour paid for your house. house. Yeah. <laughs> they got big houses. <laughs> so, although the song itself was not written about the Rev, the album is dedicated to his memory and comes across as a concept album, although not every song is intended as such. No, um, not at all. And then just a... Uh, couple very small things so this was the most added song in the usa during uh, a week in may of 2010 for active rock stations and it became the most radio played song in 2010 with over 35,000 plays 
That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then just really random fact about the Rev for you. He was once the drummer for the ska punk band Suburban Legends from 1988 sure to 99. I've seen them a few times and met them. They're great guys. I just, I read that. I'm like, no f-ing way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he absolutely was. The Rev was a very interesting man. Uh, a phenomenal musician and just absolutely doomed by his own uh, love for art, as many artists are. 28 years old is, is too soon with as much talent to go as he did. And um, as much of a kind-hearted person that he was, you could absolutely see it in his interactions with people, with interactions with his brothers, and and uh, just the way they speak about him now. It's like you can feel the hurt in their heart that he's gone. It's yeah. really, it's it's really a, a hurtful thing to hear, you know. I mean, if you listen to the song "Fiction" off of the album "Nightmare." That what song. a sick song oh my god it's such oh. a good song and you just you hear at the end m shadow singing while he's crying in the booth like it's yeah. just it it breaks you down every time you listen to it and the fact that rev wrote that song wrote the lyrics like such a beautiful beautiful piece of music that was honestly that that might be one of my favorite songs of theirs uh 100%. that or from from that album fiction and save me are just like absolutely yeah. stellar songs and both have are, uh, have the same uh, concept of what they are about and and i believe rev played piano on that song as well yeah uh, when they Jackie demoed it did. out yes okay yes. yeah uh the rev was a uh phenomenal piano player as much of the band actually is it turns out like almost every person in the band can play piano very well <laughs> They're real musicians. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, they're all like, uh, some of them are classically trained. Like uh, Sinister Gates' uh, father is actually like a uh, well-known classical guitarist who taught him music. So <laughs> I'm self-taught on everything. So same. <laughs> I, 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 I know took lessons for a year and then I, I got bored. What's a yeah. lesson? What's a lesson? Oh, or, no, no, no. This is just where I put my hand at. G chord. I, I just call it a chordy thing. Yep. Does this sound pretty? Jay's yep. uh, guitar tutorials are basically like the John Resnick way of teaching guitar. I'm just going to yep. tune just it until tune it, it sounds and play okay. It. That's it. <laughs> what is this an open tuning? I don't know. It sounds all right. I don't know. It's really pretty though. This is cool. What happens if I do this? Um, <clears throat> is that a bar chord? Yep. Bar chords. That's it. I Drop D tuning. Everything. <laughs> So the part that I kind of dread whenever we have a band that we really enjoy covering are the controversies. Oh, I'm actually interested in this because I have I have some really you terrible have things to say about some. I have some terrible things to say about these controversies. There's very few, but they're there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, before I actually jump into that, I do want to say something. Um, just kind of going back to Avenged Sevenfold playing Warp Tour, they always had the longest line at their booth. It didn't matter Dude. whoever else was yeah. playing. Their line was longer than everybody else's. I remember walking around the grounds in 2004, and I saw the booth for Avenged Sevenfold, and I just went... No, I'm good. <laughs> because the crowd was almost as big as for their show. They were, they're they were touring on Wake in the Fallen, one of the best metalcore albums to ever be released of all time, still 100%, to this day. 100% <laughs> on that. Holy and, shit. Since we're talking about controversies and you bring up Warp Tour, I'm going to bring up my controversy with this band, okay? Because, like I said, go for it. I love them. High school years, listen to them all the time. Damn good band. 2003 Warp Tour. I go in line to get signatures from all the band. I got my big ass poster. I've got my CD. <laughs> I wait in line for like 30 <laughs> minutes 
It was ridiculous. It's hot. It's hot June. It's terrible in the Jacksonville sun. And I go up there and I realize, wait a second, there's only four guys standing right here. What the hell's going on? And they said, oh, yeah, no, uh, M. Shadows, uh, his, his throat hurts. So he's backstage hanging out. I'm thinking to myself, does he need his throat to use a pen? Like, what? What the hell? This is this is ridiculous. I waited all this time. I want all five members to sign the thing. I will defend this. Uh, once you play, when you, especially as a screaming musician, uh, if you do uh, 10, 15, 20 shows in a row, your voice gets very tired and you do have to keep from using your voice too much. And when you're in that line with a crowd of people, you have to yell a little louder than you normally would, just further degrading your voice. There's a reason why singers usually dip as soon as the shows are over. And I totally understand because I've blown out my voice after shows before trying, trying to talk to people. It's tough. <laughs> I was a screamer in a band. I get it. Like, the, you, know, you know what he needed? He needed the Zen of screaming. Beautiful uh, Melissa, DVD. Melissa Cross, Love of course. It's, yes. it's the one that everybody talks about. Sing she, over, over the queen. pencil. Over the pencil uh, over every the time. Pencil. Yep. Over the pencil. Yeah, that no. saved Mil- my throat. Yeah, that Melissa Cross really is bad the out of context. Yeah, Melissa Cross saved your throat. Yes, fantastic. I'm so uh, mad. Melissa I Cross just missed all the screaming advice to chase a cat down the stairs. <laughs> that's all right. Just watch Melissa Cross's DVD. That's all you yep. need. That's how. Okay. Almost. That's how almost everybody in the like, world who's like a top screamer. That's how they got started. They had Bullet Mode Valentine. I think Matt, uh, Matt Shadows actually did some stuff with that. Uh, the guy from uh, Issues. Shadows that, Fall. Lamb of God. Fall, like Lamb of God. every metal band Life, yeah. was in that DVD. And even like um, uh, traders, like more modern, like super heavy uh, metal uh, death chord like that. Mm-hmm. Like they all learn from Melissa Cross. <laughs> Tangent. Sorry. All right. I don't want to read these, but I'm going to read them anyway. Okay. So the the basis of a lot of the controversy that surrounds Avenged Sevenfold, everybody's favorite topic, politics. That That is really it. There isn't much else as far as, thank God, no physical violence against anybody else, at least not anything that was uh, due to conviction. And no. when they were a full-functioning band, it was more like just adolescent stupid things of them getting in fights when they're younger. There's a great story about them getting into a bar fight in England that just sounds like a more of a fun no. time where everybody walked out okay and nobody really got hurt. It was just stupidity. Vlog and Molly plays in the background. Dude, you know, it's a good time. That, yeah, that, yeah, That's I mean, my goal in life is to have a fight in an English bar. Like, come on. But as far as the as far as the actual stuff, this is where it, it's controversy due to opinions on the matter. That I will say that. Uh, Matt Shadows wrote an op-ed in support of Black Lives Matter for Revolver and opposed the Confederate imagery that they actually used in the past. Uh, quote, this is not a fight for our fellow Americans Should be going that they should be going through alone. If someone says Black Lives Matter and your response is all lives matter, then maybe take a look at the core of that reaction. Every life is valuable. That is a given. But right now, the lives of the oppressed require our undivided attention. Yes, the police have an incredibly daunting job, and many uphold the integrity of their position. But if that is your point of contention, I say again, the lives of the oppressed require our undivided attention right now. Main opposition ties to previous artwork and lyrics being have more of like a conservative basis from the band, which is where the criticism came in. 
And on top of that, the band has a very large conservative fan base. <laughs> so, unfortunate. Yeah, oh. and they have wow. done frequent shows and charities for the military. However, oh. Shadows offered apologies for the images and artwork, stating that at times they were just attempting to spark controversy. Yeah, uh, Matt Shadows is based in Goaded in the Sauce, uh, as the Zubras say. I they do do support for the military but that is because they understand what being in the military is and how that can affect somebody's life like going to war is a terrible thing being in the military is a very difficult thing for people who take it seriously i will say that there's a lot of people easy ride in the military you piece (laughs) mark that (laughs) um Oh, this is going to be the most bleeps I've ever had, aside from Jay's rant, so uh, we're so already good. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I, I was expecting it. I was expecting it. I talked When I was talking with your girlfriend last week, when I was like, yeah, we're getting ready to have Mike on the show. It's going to be a great time. She's like, yeah, tell him to watch his F-bombs. And I'm like, I can never tell him to watch his F-bombs. I can remind him, and he'll do like 20% less than normal. Uh, this is about 30% less than normal. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> uh, but I, it's passionate topics. So, like, that's why they do those charity events. Uh, it's there's a lot. It's because it's a lot of the charity events are for veterans uh, who aren't receiving the support from our country like they should be. That's a we don't. This is a political podcast, so we don't have to get into that. But I will defend them in that regard for sure. And I think that's a dumb controversy to have is that he was supportive yep. Black Lives Matter because that's based as hell. You should support it. Not necessarily the people who run the organization Black Lives Matter, but what the movement is about. Right. And I mean, I think that's a fair statement as well. Um, we try to, yeah, as you were saying, very, very early on, whenever we're just getting started, it, we try to play it neutral as much as we can. At the same time, we do have our own political opinions. Uh, sometimes we share them, sometimes we don't. Yeah. The views but, and opinions of Michael Greenwald do not reflect the views and opinions of Parlay Radio. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, so kind of continuing on with that though uh because of their black lives matter and pro-gay marriage stances which uh yeah that was added to it and uh they quote couldn't give a what you do with your life everyone deserves to be treated as equals uh twitter trolls started accusing them of anything that they could none of it proven None of it. Told them that they were predators, skinheads, and they started photoshopping images of them with Hitler-style haircuts and uniforms. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) That takes some talent. (laughs) Yeah. With all of this being said, M. Shadows, if you're listening, I take back everything I said about you. You're not an I actually really appreciate all the views that you have here, and I support you 100%. The Twitter trolls. Yeah. Because they're yeah. douches. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so we're still tying into it. Uh, not necessarily with that particular piece, but it is due to a song that was mentioned a little bit ago, uh, Critical Acclaim. Yes. That is a song written by the band that is widely mistaken as pro-war. And is instead a stance on pointing out people blaming soldiers for participating in the Iraq war. Uh, It is particular to the Iraq war. The song is meant to be a pro-troops stance, so still supporting the military while leaving open the ability to criticize those at the top, such as sitting president at the time, George W. Bush. You can't see it because it's an audio podcast. My hands are in the air because, again, based. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Golf clap. Jesus Christ, people are so stupid for not understanding. Just listen to the song. How do you not get that immediately? (laughs) It's insane. Uh, This one's not so bad. This is actually just uh, uh, what the band was named after, which I I know might have been mentioned early on. We should have done it at least. Uh, The band name is um, 
akin to the story of Cain and Abel from the Christian Bible, referencing when Cain killed Abel. Uh, fun little fact, all five members of the band, uh, all five original members, were actually kicked out of Catholic school. So I, I don't know if anybody knew that or not, but I, I just that's thought that was a little awesome. fun bit. That's not controversial. That's just I actually didn't know fun. that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, so that's cool. very interesting. So I know there most of them are still very Christian. A lot of their lyrics yes. are tied in Christianity. Yes, uh, that is actually something that a lot of people were debating online when I was trying to look up stories. Is that people were wondering if Avenged Sevenfold was a Christian band? Uh, to answer the question, no. However, they do write a lot of stuff that is still tied to Christian elements. Uh, Bible story type things. I mean, like the reference the of hell like, itself, you know, a lot same, of waking same thing the with fallen. Like, yeah. The waking the fallen. Yeah. Dear God off their self title. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally being like, God, let me come home. <laughs> you know, kind of shit. <laughs> so like, um, it, I mean, it's just like any other band that could be Christian band. Uh, that's not actually a Christian band. They're just band They're members band Christ- with Christians. Like yeah. August Burns Red. Thrice is a huge example. Dustin oh, yes. is a huge Oh, Christian. God, yes. Thrice, one of the best bands of all time. If you never listen to Thrice, go so listen to Thrice. Right that's a discography to get into. And I love Thrice for the same reasons that I love them. Simfold is like how varied their discography is. A very similar mm-hmm. story and how they change genres over time. Tangent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Like, it's it, it baffles me that people can't listen to that and know that like yeah these are absolutely christians that's crazy i myself have not but i still appreciate this band a lot yeah but the biggest criticism that they get this is not really controversy this is just criticism that they receive and the whole reason that we actually added them to this list is they get criticism for being quote not metal enough now, the band has stated on numerous occasions that what they write is not genre-specific and they couldn't care less how they're referenced. If they write a metal song, they're going to write a metal song. If they write a country song, they're going to write a country song. It doesn't tie to one particular thing. As long as they include the instruments, their original lyrics, and their original congregation that they put together, they are a fully functional and happy band to just place music out for the public. Man, that's you know, crazy. One of the last songs that we just referenced, Dear God. If you listen to that song, country song, that's a country it song is. that could and play it's a damn on. Good and they have stated that it is a country song in the U.S. And it they have stated love. that it is a country song. They were. And it well, sounds amazing. Yeah, like not metal enough is crazy to me. When they got like God hates us, uh, even mm-hmm. uh, as recent as Nightmare. Uh, the stage is a heavy damn album. You got Sunny Disposition and Goddamn, which are absolutely stellar heavy as hell songs like get out of here they're screaming in these songs what are you talking about not metal enough there is a band sorry to cut you off jay you're good there is a band that we use for our incidental and our intro music, and that is a band called Cloud Kicker. It's a gentleman named Ben Sharp. Puts I all this stuff Cloud together. Kicker. He releases his stuff via Creative Commons. We can't thank him enough for allowing that to happen so we can actually use his stuff and not have to seek out permission. Cloud um, Kicker is so good. Very oh good. God. And if you listen to the discography of Cloud Kicker, it is not all the hard metal stuff. There is a lot of stuff that is much, much lighter, much brighter. He has stuff that's very more like black metal more ambient than anything else but if you listen to like let yourself be huge oh that's such a brilliant album most of it's acoustic yeah it's not anything like shoegaze yeah yeah and guess what cloud kicker still metal so still metal and i'm sorry stuff that i would akin to like lo-fi metal (laughs) very much that yeah very much but i mean the criticism of not being metal enough whenever 
a majority of the stuff you write is metal and you just really want to put things out there just to say hey look this is the music that we're writing this week this is the music that we're writing this year here you go if you like it great if you don't move on yeah if i anything, actually thought a lot of the controversies that we were going to go over were like people saying how they change too much and that they're not that their music is like simplified or i thought you were going to go over their nft <laughs> i didn't even know they had nft stuff so that that Whoa. wasn't anything i found uh but by all means point. They, they did a mobile game point. also, but uh, the, the mobile game was <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing when you really think about genre, yeah, they they don't pick and choose. They do whatever the hell they want, which is great. But the problem I've always had with them is, especially in later albums, they almost sound more like a tribute band to all of these famous bands before you listen to city of evil sounds like guns and roses half of the stuff really it, it it almost it almost sounds like m shadows is trying to be axel i'm not even kidding what in the dead what? serious that was the f- moment i put that album on that first album that, that, that the first time i heard it that was the Im- immediately what i thought with it and then you listen to something later on like <laughs> I think I just broke Mike. Yeah. (laughs) I always thought M Shadows just sounded like James Hetfield got whacked in the throat with a shovel. And and once you get Hail to the King, it's a lot of Metallica. And like they they do really good sounding like other bands, but they haven't really had I mean they've had their own sounds in a couple of different ways, but it and it has changed a lot, which is a good and a bad thing all the way through. You kind of can't put your finger on them musically, really. But I mean, it, I... It, it, one of those bands where you kind of you whatever I think whatever album you start listening to them on ends up being your favorite album because of that. Maybe. I don't know. For I the like first time, I, I would agree with that because Waking the Fallen was mine and still it's is. It's kind of like your first Final Fantasy is your favorite Final Fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I feel that. I feel that completely. I could. I, I see what you mean. I disagree on the fact that they haven't carved their own sound because you hear M Shadows or you hear an Avenged Sevenfold song. Before somebody tells you an Avenged Sevenfold song, you know it's a <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold song. You, you, you can true. definitely tell the guitar work, you can tell. 100 percent they've got amazing guitar work between the two zaki and um uh, uh sinister they're both amazing guitarists they're able to weave everything perfectly together through it the whole band is great and they they do have their own tonal sound it's just they try too much to be to to tribute to give homage to all of these other bands and i, I think it lessens their own quality and sound itself yeah, I think you comparing City of Evil to Guns N' Roses is absolutely wild to me because that's a heavy as hell progressive album. It, like, it is. It's far yeah. more progressive metal album that people give it credit for when you got songs like Sidewinder and The Wicked End in there. Absolutely ripper songs, man. I can't believe you're comparing that to Guns N' Roses. I'm not comparing it in a, oh my God, I hate Axl Rose because... If you look at one of our previous episodes, which I at hate the time, <laughs> yeah, uh, so it, it'll be released uh, before this one. So you can actually listen to the Guns N' Roses uh, episode we have, which Sick. what's the controversy on Guns N' Roses? Axel. A lot. <laughs> Just Axel. Axel Rose. <laughs> He's terrible. But, you know, but going into City of Evil. You listen to Wake in the Fall and then you listen to City of Evil. That was the, the album switch where M Shadow's voice basically started failing on him. He was unable to do the screaming anymore. Untrue. He had to, he had to switch Actually, a lot of let, his singing style. Let me let me school you a little bit. 
that is okay. actually untrue uh that is a wild wildly popular um myth that came around it was the same thing that happened to bullet from a valentine they said the exact same thing about that singer absolutely untrue things uh when they went to record waking the fallen there is actually a dvd called all access which is a documentary dvd that they released a while ago uh quite a while ago sometime after city of evil and before uh their self-titled album where they're actually talking to the producers that helped them put waking the fallen together which i attribute a lot of the success of avenge sevenfold becoming real musicians to those guys because they absolutely destroyed them in that studio broke them down and rebuilt them as true musicians and during that uh the main producer of waking the fallen talked about how no that's not true when they were recording waking the fallen he said my first album uh Sounding the Seventh Trumpet was a mostly screaming album, which is true. That song, that album sucks, by the way. <laughs> it does not hold it's, up. It, it's no, it's horrible. No, it I happens. loved it as a teenager. It's not good yeah, anymore. It so, uh, anywho, they when they went into the studio, he said, I'm trying to become a better singer. I want this album to be more half and half, more a lot of screaming, but I want way more singing and I want it to be good because he's like the album after this. I want way more singing. And to say that he doesn't he can't do sing, screaming anymore absolute trash no, no. listen to any any album after that there is so much screaming in every album yeah. that people just like forget about for some reason i no, remember when the rumor was going around. around it was it, it was it's, a different kind of screaming oh for sure it, it goes he did from a very guttural a guttural scream to more just like uh more technique I, yeah more technique with it and i and and we as we discussed earlier you have to do that your voice cannot yeah. handle those screams like that if yeah. you're not if you're not properly doing the trains for and yeah. you're doing it correctly so, so i get it, that completely it, it was a so it was actually a completely baseless rumor he they planned to move into a more straight up singing band than they were a screaming band okay. and if you go see them live even these days when they play older songs he screams less but he still does those low oh, yeah. literal screams he can still do them he just doesn't do them as often it's not what he wants to do but we're, we're, we're gonna go back to something though because you mentioned something that i it was not referenced again what is this nft thing that happened i need to know oh more. yeah so um they actually jumped onto the nfts just like everybody else did and i hate that they did it sure. um i hate nfts as most people do well there, there's no it's, point yeah it is i will say theirs weren't as bad as other people's they're not donald trump nfts you know they're not uh, stock photos of animals like logan paul's nfts you know they're yeah. they're they are they it was not like images that you buy it was more of like a um a it's like club token essentially is like when you own this you're part of this kind of insiders club where you get early access to tickets discounts on tickets you get invited to specific events if you can fly out to them you get uh, random draws to be able to win weekends to play golf with matt with uh, matt shadows <laughs> you know like stuff like that so it was a little more like you have something tangible but they still did it they still jumped into nfts and i thought that's what this controversy was gonna be was like oh my god these dipshits jumped into nfts just <laughs> like everybody else and now they're worthless and so yeah you got you're flying out uh this uh, this asshole from la to play golf with you uh because he spent 15 cents on your nft congratulations so like, um so I, I thought I had heard a rumor about this before. M Shadows is, is a golfer. 
Oh, for sure. He's a white guy. Are you kidding me? He's a dude, white guy. He's so a rich comforting. white guy in LA. Dude. It's <laughs> so comforting okay. and relaxing. I love I love this band even more. Even more. <laughs> Jesus, I, I am Shadows. I am so sorry for everything I've said about you. If you're listening to this, dude, hit me up. I live right next to a golf course. Let's go, bro. <laughs> Honestly, uh, the, the the band members themselves come off as <laughs> but like if you spend any time like watching any of their own personal content uh, or seeing interviews with them or the way they interact with fans, you'd, you'd learn pretty quickly that no, they're actually some very passionate dudes that are just weird like the rest of us, you know, um, metal community, the, man, Matt, Matt Shadows is no more an <laughs> than I am. And I'm a <laughs> so I would agree. I introduce myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But you're, but you're my and I appreciate that. It's terrible. It's dark here. <laughs> That's, That's what an would so say. I'm Evan Hughes. <laughs> oh God, how did this turn to be? All right, all right. So let, let, let's just cut to the chase. Uh, Mike, since you have the bias, I'm going to say worth the uh, critique or not worth the critique? No, especially if those are the critiques that people have, is that they're too political. Okay. No, they're not. That's just baseless accusations at that point. To say that they're not metal enough, get out of here, man. If you listen to the stage, that's some progressive metal awesomeness right there. That's a fantastic album that people are sleeping on because they heard Hail to the King and they're like, ooh, it's dad rock. You know? <laughs> like, uh, it, no, like, I, I don't think it, they deserve a lot of the, the shit that they've gotten over the years. I think they're a fantastic band. I think they deserve criticism for getting into NFTs more than anything else in the world. <laughs> All right, Jay, you're too censor. Well, everything that I've learned today, I, I do have to say there were certain viewpoints that I had on them before that I definitely have changed throughout just recording this episode. Their opinions, I, I love it personally. And, I, and I'm going to get a little political for a split second and just say I agree with everything that they've said. That's all I'm going to say. That's there all I'm going to do. All I good. agree with it all. The music itself is great. They've put out some amazing albums and other than Bangers. a handful of songs on a handful of albums here and there that are kind of meh. Overall, musically, this is a great band. Their sales numbers are great for a for a little metalcore band out of California. For a you know, for a metal band to get the streaming numbers that they've got. It's insane. And the fact that M Shadows is a golfer, dude, keep golf metal. Okay, <laughs> the golfing's the most the least metal golf thing in metal. The world. Throw up the horns, <laughs> carry on. I'm going to agree and say that the criticisms that they've received are not anything that you wouldn't hear under anybody else, and it's not anything to tie with their music, really. I mean, sure, lyrics can be referenced in a way, but if you don't understand the intention behind it, and the singer literally hands you the intention, and you're like, no, that's not what it is. That's your own damn problem. That's that's nothing else. So yeah, man. I, I would say that they don't deserve the criticism that they receive. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, yeah, innocent. I'm going to say innocent on this innocent. one. So I'm going to go ahead, leave that as the verdict for Revenge Sevenfold, that they are quite innocent of their criticism. No. That is a band that's evolved a lot over time and has a very well-deserved amount of success throughout it. Even their most mediocre songs are still pretty good songs. Now... I do want to close our, our lovely episode with something that I do feel is a conspiracy tied to this band. And um, you might know it, you might not, but this is my own conspiracy that I have. Okay. 
they used to walk out on stage and i don't know if they still do to the music of the nightmare before christmas oh yeah sure so that was their uh little preamble to walk out in the dark is that the reason that all of these stupid goth kids are obsessed with the nightmare before christmas because matt shadow said you know that's a good soundtrack i think that's going to get me pumped for the beginning of every show is that where the popularity came from because that's what i'm feeling it is no because there's a lot of goth kids who don't listen to avenge unfold and goth is such a wide term and the fan base of nightmare for christmas is that's so fair. wide i don't think it stems from avenge unfold they're just like they're just stupid little nightmare for christmas stands just like the rest of us you know but could it also be a catalyst because you could definitely have like let's say a group of 10 people 10 friends right two of them are avenge sevenfold fans you can even say one of them is an avenge sevenfold fan and they mention that yeah the band walks out to the stage nightmare before christmas and then everybody else in the group is like huh you know i've seen the movie but i never really became like too into it let's watch it again see if it's worth it and then that's where the obsession starts like, I would still blame that on Avenge Sevenfold. This, by the way, is what I wanted to do in the beginning, but I totally forgot about it. So I had to type it out. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I feel like they're a catalyst to that. And I would like to blame them for the <laughs> wide obsession for it. Maybe not singularly, but definitely, you know, somebody that lit an extra match and threw it into the fire that was dying down. A small but, spark does light a great fire, but I think the, 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 the fan, the fanaticism of Nightmare for Christmas is so much larger than Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw a little, little more gasoline onto the fire of this conspiracy. Do you think maybe Tim Burton's paying the band? Damn. Mm. I don't think he needs to. It does explain why they wrote the song The Little Piece of Heaven, though, which is just a Danny Elfman ripoff of a song. Now, I mean, if you listen to the album Nightmare on Christmas Eve, would that be the nightmare before Christmas? I'm going to make this an even worse conspiracy. Here's the thing. So, Danny Elfman wrote the music for Nightmare Before Christmas. We all know this. Great composer and uh, original member of Oingo Boingo back in the 80s. Classic. Danny Elfman also does live shows at the Hollywood Bowl. Guess who his guitarist is? Wes Borland of Limp Biscuit. Hey, I did not okay. know that. <laughs> Avenge Sevenfold is tied to Limp Biscuit. Yes, Avenge Sevenfold is Limp Biscuit. <laughs> no! Avenged Finkel is, now is the Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. <laughs> I'm also going to throw out another piece of strange trivia for you. Uh, do you remember the terrible comedian Jeff Dunham, the one with puppets? Sadly. I, I don't say he's a comedian. I say he's a ventriloquist because I can at least appreciate him as a ventriloquist. I can't appreciate him as a comedian. Did you ever see the special he did for Christmas where he had a guitarist with him playing songs with him? No. Somebody who's listening to this podcast is going to remember that. That is Sinister Gate's father playing that. That's too much. That's too much. I think my brain just broke. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I just no. You're burdened no, with I don't knowledge, wanna, Devin. I don't now, want to admit this to be true just because I can't accept it. <laughs> look, tomorrow after this drops, if Jeff Dunham trends on Twitter, we know Parlay Radio has truly made it. That would be great. That would be amazing. I don't think Jeff Dunham should ever trend. Please don't look him up. <laughs> 
leave him in the in the in the in the sewers of Las Vegas doing terrible shows as he Mike Greenwell don't like Jeff Dunham. The views and opinions of Michael Greenwell do does does not reflect the views and opinions of Parley Radio. <laughs> I'm just gonna clip that. I'm gonna put it in about every single statement. You say. Just use that to bleep tales. out all the cusses. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you really messed up by bringing me in here because uh, I, uh, I I say it how it is. <laughs> it's all good, buddy. I'm gonna have to tally it up and make sure that I'm still well ahead of you with the. F- <sighs> uh, you're definitely well ahead of me. Uh, Love you, Devin. I hate you so much. <laughs> well, Devin, well, thank you, thank you for having me, though. Absolutely. Uh, we would love to have you back at any given point. You feel like coming on? Oh, thank let God. us know. <laughs> um, but you need to give me a bit, about like five months so we can wait for John to not be here again. <laughs> hey, man, just I'm just, just kidding. Like, just give me like a week or two advance, and I'm in. I'm just kidding, John. We love you. Uh, we miss our little brother. We're happy miss you're having you. a good time. I miss uh, you stranger (laughs) uh on behalf of mike and jay thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of parlay radio you can catch us on facebook instagram and tiktok uh we are adding more streaming services by the way uh we just hit amazon so that's going to be a fun one and we are looking into getting on stitcher as well uh do either of you have a small business that you want to go ahead and plug this week before we get too Uh, far out I could say a uh, local video games uh, store in Jacksonville who just opened a second location and got robbed again. Uh, video Game Rescue, absolutely fantastic staff there. If you are uh, a video game collector or just a guy who wants to go buy a video game here and there, go check them out. They got all kinds of stuff there and they're very nice and friendly people. I do have a multicolored shirt from them that is a street shark. That's that I bought at a convention. I'm, I'm sad I didn't wear it, but I went with my bad cop, bad cop shirt today. Uh, great all-female punk band out of California. Check them out uh, if you get the chance. I will check uh, that out. Thank you once again to Mike Greenwell for joining us. You can catch the Infinity Cinema. You can also catch the Metal Gamers Podcast on your streaming services of choice. Uh, I have already said great day, so I'm going to go ahead and say good night. <laughs> Man, you've been holding that for like an hour. I was holding that cough, and I'm thinking, okay, he's almost done. And then you're like, do you have anything? I'm like, I can't hold it. Parlay Radio is a journalistic educational commentary podcast hosted by Jay Bain, John Coleman, and Devin Hughes. On the mention of bands and materials used, we are protected by fair use and copyright as we provide criticism and commentary through satirical means. We don't own the rights to any bands or stories mentioned, but we do have the right to offer criticism and commentary. Incidental music is provided by Cloudkicker and Creative Commons tracks in the public domain. If you have a band or suggestion for the show, you can find us on Facebook at Parlay Radio, on Instagram at Parlay Radio Podcast, or on TikTok at Parlay Radio. You may also email us at parlayradio at gmail.com. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our show if you enjoy what you hear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>